Hey everyone, welcome back to the Crypto Chats podcast. I know it has been a little while. Uh, I just want to explain real quick why I took a little break from making these episodes. Um, So a lot of you know that for the entirety of the summer, um, all of summer 2021, I had two jobs and I had almost no days off for the whole summer. Um, So your girl was real tired. Um, I had barely any free time and the little bits of free time I did have, I did entirely pour into my other podcast, which if you're not familiar, uh, you should check it out. It is called the Manic Pixie Dream Ghouls podcast. It is myself and Sarah Cooper of the American Snallygaster Museum. Um, and it is a lot more chaotic than Crypto Chats is. That is for sure. I feel like that's an understatement, maybe the understatement of the year. Uh, but anyway... Um, so between my two jobs, um, I just, you know, I was really tired. I didn't, I didn't have a lot of extra time. So I figured that it might be a little bit easier to put this show on the back burner for a little so I could really focus on some of my other stuff. We also did some really cool events. Um, if you guys remember back in August, we had Cryptid Bash put on by the wonderful Moth Boys. Uh, that one was really fun. Um, it was a really good time to go and see everybody. Um, I got to visit West Virginia for the first time in my life. Uh, super, super fun. Um, and then recently, this past weekend, we had Braxy Bazaar in uh, Sutton, West Virginia at the Flatwoods Monster Museum. That was super fun. Um, and later this year, we actually do, I'll be at some more events. Um, we'll talk about that another time. That's fine. We don't need to get into that right now. Um but yeah, that's my that's my explanation. That's why I've been a little absent on this show. Uh, but I'm hoping now to kind of bring it back a little bit if uh, if everyone is cool with that. I'm going to take the silence, the fact that nobody can answer me as a, yeah, we're cool with it. Um, so I guess without further ado, let's get into this new episode. Um, so this week we are going to talk about the Tuscumbia Space penguins. I don't know if I said that word right. I'm doing my best. Um, it it's a place in Missouri, Tuscumbia. Um, I I think that's right. I don't know. We'll find out. Um, and basically, what we got here is that in the winter of 1967, um, an old farmer witnessed these weird little creatures. These weird little what he described as space penguins. Um, little, little green boys running around in his field. Uh, so let's jump into it. So February 14th, 1967, if you're familiar, that is Valentine's Day, the most romantic day to see a space penguin. Uh, 64-year-old Claude Edwards woke up and bundled himself up to start his day attending to his duties on his farm. Um, Edwards was a no-nonsense kind of guy who did not believe in UFOs or aliens until he walked out onto his land to find a UFO sitting in his field. He stated that the only reason he ended up seeing the UFO was because when he walked out into his fields, he noticed that all of his cattle were staring off in the same direction, which is pretty weird. I mean, I feel like we've all seen a field of cows and they usually don't do that. So he said, you know, something's a little bit off about this. And, you know, lo and behold, he looks in their direction uh, and sees this UFO. Uh, He followed their stairs to see a massive grayish-green mushroom-like object in the field next to his barn. This is my favorite part about this entire encounter story. 
uh, because without taking his eyes off of the UFO, this man went over and put down his feed bucket and latched up his barn and was like, no way, not today. These aliens are not getting into my barn today. He made a point to go over and just seal up this barn to be like, no, that is, that's my space. You're not welcome in here. All while staring at the UFO. I think that's, that's pretty sick. Good for him. Um, so after he latched up the door, uh, made it a point to, uh, you know, keep the, the UFOs out of his barn, um, he started to walk a little bit closer in which he noticed a bunch of tiny weird creatures just kind of swarming underneath the craft, just kind of hanging out, vibing all together underneath this weird mushroom looking craft. Uh, Edwards estimated about 70 feet in between himself and the creatures, filled with two wire fences and a herd of upset cows. So, and at this point, this man is pissed. He is not happy about the fact that his, these creatures are not only trespassing on his land, but they also scared his cows. You know, he's real upset about his cows being, you know, freaked out by these little tiny alien men. Um, and so he decided he was going to make his way towards the aliens and potentially do something about it. As he reached the second gate, uh, the beings that were sitting underneath this craft started to become a little bit more clear to him. He described them as being around three feet tall with gray-green skin, a similar color to that of the ship. Um, He said that they either had no hands or that their arms moved too fast to make out any appendages and he wasn't really sure, which I think is a very neat detail. I think that's super interesting. So these these guys either have no hands, just little nubbies, or they were just vibing so hard that he could not even tell if they had hands or not. You know, they're just flailing, flailing around doing the damn thing. Um, so much so that he wasn't sure if they had hands. Um, he was also unsure if they had large dark eyes or were wearing goggles. Um, or if the dark protrusions where the nose and mouth would be were features natural to them or some kind of breathing apparatus. So that's interesting. Like he described almost like a goggle-like appearance um, in the eyes and then a weird protrusions of the nose and mouth that almost could have been a breathing apparatus. Now, mind you, this man, if I had to guess, I didn't have an exact like an exact um, measurement, but if I had to guess, I would say he's probably anywhere from like 45 to 30 feet away at this point still. So still a little bit far, still a little hard to make out. Um, and I'm sure his brain was going a million miles a minute trying to figure out what the hell he was looking at. So um, that's really interesting to me. I, I wish he had gotten a, a closer look, a more detailed description of this face because that's really neat to me, but it is what it is. Um, so anyway, he watched the creatures for a little while, deciding they resembled little green penguins with no necks and eventually decided to be done with them. Um, so he he looked at them and said, those are penguins. That's definitively, those are space penguins. And you know what? I've had it with these damn space penguins. Um, and that's fair. That's a fair statement. That's a fair uh, a place to reach in that moment. So Edwards does what I feel like most of us would do in this situation. Maybe not in the same style, but at least a similar move. He picks up a rock um, and decides to use it uh, to kind of deal with these trespassers on his land. 
Um, his entire intention behind picking up the rocks was to hopefully damage the craft enough that it wouldn't be able to take off and he would be able to kind of go over there and really understand what was going on. Now, unfortunately, that's not how things played out. Um, because when he tried to get closer to the craft in what he estimated to be about 15 feet away, uh, it was as if some sort of a force field or something um, was preventing him from going any further. Uh, he described it kind of as like he was trying to walk there and then very suddenly he couldn't move forward any anymore. Um, a direct quote from him was, I thought I was going up right up to it. I got there and there it was. I just walked up against a wall. So that's really interesting to me, um, especially because it didn't appear to him to be anything actually standing there. Um, you know, it was just looked like air and it was not. Um, so this is when Edwards like finally gets a good look at the actual craft. He described the outside as metallic and smooth and seamless. He referred to it as shiny silk. Um, he also estimated the craft to be about 18 feet in diameter and the tube that supported it from the bottom, um, if you remember, it's mushroom shaped. Uh, so think like a, a mushroom stem appeared to be made out of the same material. Um, I think that's pretty interesting, especially um, when you think of things like planes uh, and how planes touch the ground by the wheels and how they're very clearly a different uh, type of material than what a plane is made out of. Um, so it's interesting to me that this stem, if you will, is uh, the same material as the entirety of the outside of the craft. A, a weird, seamless, smooth metal stem, mushroom stem. Um, another thing that he pointed out um, in his, you know, when he was telling this tale was that every 12 inches or, or so on the rim of this craft were oval-shaped portals. They were very evenly spaced out um, and kind of just sitting there. Now, initially he thought, well, maybe that's windows. Like, maybe there are windows in this craft. Um, but that was quickly kind of cast aside because he could see different colored lights kind of coming through each of them. Like each oval shape had a different color light coming through it, almost as if someone was having a dance party inside or something. Um, but it, it appeared to him that it was definitely not a window because of that detail. Um, to me, that that really does scream a window. I, I don't know about you guys, but to me, that makes it seem like it is a window and maybe it's just like a weird nightclub or something. I don't really know. That's the vibe I get from it. But Edwards was really sure that these were not windows. So, and uh, he saw it and I did not. So I guess we'll trust him. Um, Edwards then backed away about 10 feet and threw his first rock at the craft, which bounced right off the force field that had stopped him uh, moments before, which is not really that surprising to me. I feel like he could have uh, expected that to be the outcome there. Um, Although he did throw his second rock at the craft and this time it did go through this, you know, force field or whatever was, was blocking him previously, um, except it did not actually hit the craft. Instead, it skipped over it as if the craft were water and he was skipping rocks, which is interesting. And then it landed in the field behind the craft. Um, that's really neat. Uh, I don't know exactly how close to the craft the rock got. Um, that is a detail I think that has been lost with time, uh, but that's okay because I feel like we get the picture enough. 
Um, so as soon as he threw the second rock, too, it startled all of the little creatures that were hanging out underneath the craft. Um, they were very off-put by these rocks being thrown at them, which I think is fair. I think we're all pretty off-put by rocks being thrown at us. And they scurried away back into the craft. Now, um, after they scurried back in there, the craft started to move a little bit. Edwards kind of planted his feet, stayed where he was, and the craft did a little lurchy moment. Uh, It lurched at him twice, um, and then eventually it lurched a third time, but in a weirder way where it kind of took off um, and disappeared into the sky from there. Um, And that then it was that that was it no one saw it again uh what is interesting though is that this report this story is very similar to something that happened in 1971 um and if you remember this this one comes from 1967 um so it's just you know a handful of years later that um a pair of finnish lumberjacks Uh, reported a very similar creature being seen. Um, They didn't really say anything about the craft uh, that these creatures would have come in, Um, but in a place called Kangaskyla, I'm going to do my best on that one, Kangaskyla, um, these two Finnish lumberjacks reported that they saw a small, almost lighter-than-air creature which would then uh, come to be known as the Canula humanoid. That's probably also an incorrect pronunciation also, but that's okay. Um, And they describe this creature as being clad in green colored protective suit, um, similar to the creatures that Edward saw, um, assuming that the things that Edward saw were were even wearing clothing that could have just been their skin. Um, so that's interesting. I couldn't find anything else about, you know, what happened after that, any more sightings. Um, so for now, I guess we just have these two instances of these little space penguins, these little green space penguins vibing out, uh, in the winter. Um, that's a detail I forgot to add about the Finnish lumberjacks. Yeah, they saw that in the winter. I think these green space penguins just, you know, penguins like the cold, so... It makes sense that a space penguin would also like the cold. Um, And yeah, I truthfully, a space penguin really, it really does it for me. I really like it. Um, Very cute. And I hope that they're wearing goggles. I think goggles on a space penguin would be adorable. Um, That's what I got for you guys. Uh, If anyone has any more stories, any more reports of these little tiny green space penguins popping up in their mushroom craft, I would love to hear it. Please send me an Instagram message or something. Um, And yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed. I'm looking forward to sharing some more stories with you guys, hopefully a little bit more regularly. Um, And I'm happy to be back. Uh, So I will see you guys next week. Thank you so much. Bye.